From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Well, here we are for week commencing August 30. This is the National News from the WIA. I'm Graham VK4BB. You know, we can have a big news week or a no news week. It all does depend on you sending material, preferably by voice. But please, 90 seconds maximum. And always send the script by email as well as the audio. And if no audio, write that text in the third person. That is, as you'd expect to hear it being read by someone other than by yourself. And no links. Now, don't write a link. If it's that important, then write out the story from that link as you'd expect to hear it. Now, also... It's worth writing out your club details for the web, not only for the WIA News. Yes, does your amateur radio club have its details correct on the WIA website? The 2010 call book is now in preparation, and whatever your club has on the website at this moment, then that's what the call book will publish. If an update is needed, please do it now. This mobile de-expedition needs operators. It's a three to six month de-expedition mobile in a restored 1971 Love VW van. And it's going from Mexico to Tierra del Fugo, beginning November this year. Now needed are OMs and whales for an arduous journey. Low price, high drama. From the searing heat of the Amazon jungle to the bitter cold of windswept Cape Horn. And please note that a safe return is anticipated. For more information, contact K0GMO. Any takers? Still chasing Antarctica? Well, amateur radio operator Bob Patton, VK0BP, is currently working at Antarctica, the Davis Base Station, but only until November 1. Check about 1,500 to 1,800 UTC on 20 metres on SSB and on PSK31. Shortwave Central blog says Bob may also activate other field huts in the area where he'll sign on as VK0BP slash portable. For additional details from Bob, consult his webpage VK0BP.org. The Hunter Radio Group has arranged a trip to the Currajong Radio Museum for September 26, and it leaves the Hunter at 8am. The cost around about the $40 mark. Now, we invite any listener in the area to join them for this outing and to contact Graham VK2FA for more information. October 16 at 7.30pm sees the Midland Amateur Radio Club's DATV presentation by Peter Cousins. The digital amateur TV presentation is at the Midland Amateur Radio Club. That's the Scout Hall in Vine Street, Bendigo. WIA Queensland Advisory Committee Chairman Don Wilshevsky, VK4BY, has put out the annual invitation for the WIA Queensland Club's President's Lunch with Michael Owen and Vice President Ewan McLeod. Sunday, November 15 at the G-Bung RSL Club. As in previous years, the intention is for one or two reps from each radio club in the state to attend. To reserve your place, please email Don qac at wia.org.au and if you are in the Brisbane area on that date, November 15 and you're a member of another club interstate, I'm sure Don would love to hear from you. It's well worth coming along. Contact Don, as I said, 
The email address, qac at wia.org.au. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the northwest and central coast areas of Tasmania, it's relayed on 2 metre simplex 147.425 and IRLP node 6616, Echo Link node 100478, 70 centimetre amateur television at 9am each Sunday from the Northwest Amateur Television Group. I'm Tony, VK7AX. G'day everybody, it's Brian, VK3HXR, with a couple of words about the WIA National News Podcast. That's right, podcast. A podcast is simply an audio file distributed somewhat automatically via RSS. An RSS is a system where programs query a small summary file on websites, rather than you, the user, loading the whole website every time you want to check if there's anything new. Think of it as email for audio. The software checks every so often in the background, and when there's a new episode, it downloads it and notifies you it's ready to play. So why is this so good? Well, just about every web browser, email client, and music playing software knows how to download podcasts. And if you subscribe to the WIA News Podcast, you'll get the newest news bulletin as soon as it's uploaded. So if you want to listen to the freshest amateur radio news on any MP3 player while you're mowing the lawn, to burn it to a CD and listen to it on the way to work, or play it in the background between DX contacts in the wee small hours of the morning, the WIA News Podcast is yours anytime you want it. Yes, the MP3 file has been available for a while and has always been used by the HF, Repeater and IRLP broadcasters. And if you're involved with putting the news to air, you'll love the new system, especially if you're writing automation scripts. Every episode is now uniquely named with a date in the title and there are command line podcatchers to make your life easier. No more wondering if the downloaded WIANews.mp3 file is the most current one. You'll know it is. So head over to the WIA.org.au website and you'll find the podcast link on the news broadcast page in the news and events section. And if you're an iTunes user, you'll find it in the iTunes podcast directory by searching for Wireless Institute. So give it a go this week and you'll never miss the news again. The Wireless Institute of Australia paves the way for new amateurs to our bands. Education, youth and advancement of amateur radio. I'm James, VK6NAH. October 10th to 11th will see foundation licence training and examinations for all grades conducted by the SRAG in VK5. Foundation licence training on Saturday with examinations for all grades on the Sunday. Please ring Paul Hoffman on 0418 803 Rating of Juniors in Russia the SRR has founded a rating of radio amateurs, juniors, whose age does not exceed 19 years. The rating is the competition points scored within a year. The junior in every contest receives a certain quantity of points for performance. Points for different contests then develop. Following the results of a year, the best radio sportsman and the best team of young sportsmen in Russia is defined. According to the preliminary data, some 50 young radio fans will participate. Swiss Aris Contact Successful Saturday the 22nd of August saw Swiss Girl and Boy Scouts establish a radio contact with ESA astronaut Frank D. Wynn on 1DWN on board the International Space Station. The International Year of Astronomy inspired a few scout and guides to create a special scout event, the Astro Camp 2009, where participants from 5 to 20 years will earn scout qualifications in astronomy and space technology, communication technologies, journalism and public relation. 
Held over three Saturdays, some 100 are expected to qualify. The contact coordinator, Rolf, HB9TSO, and his technical team have set up a satellite station with automatic antenna tracking as well as a backup vertical antenna. Astronaut Frank D. Wynn answered 12 questions in the time slot. He explained, for example, that the astronauts on board the ISS always have a meal together sitting around the table and discussing what happened during the day. A 15-year-old from Houston has been selected as the 2009 Amateur Radio Newsline Young Ham of the Year. This, based on his dedication to public service as well as working to bring kids, teens and adults into the hobby. Andrew Cohen, KE5GDB, received his award at the 2009 Huntsville Ham Fest, August 15th and 16th. Amateur Radio is finding a receptive young audience among some California school-age youngsters. This, according to an article in the Los Angeles Times, who says that some 75 teenagers in one Los Angeles middle high school have been discovering shortwave radio and getting their ham radio licenses all thanks to science teacher Carl Butel, KE6MAO. And that's it from me. For the WIA National News Service, I'm James, VK6NAH in Perth, Western Australia. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. I'm Jason, VK2 LAW. International News with thanks to RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, and the worldwide sources of the WIA. South Africa, no more Q-code suffixes. ICASA has confirmed that the authority has blocked callsign suffixes that are part of the Q-codes and SOS. A few amateurs and one club callsign are in the Q-code group. When these callsigns are no longer used, they will be added to the blocked list. Radio amateurs who have callsigns with Q-code suffixes are urged to apply for a change in callsign. USA, uncertified video transmitter. The FCC has issued an official citation to Hobby Lobby International for marketing what the agency terms as non-compliant radio frequency devices. According to the Commission, these devices called Pilot View FPV 2400 Video Transmitter exceeded the maximum radiated power limit for a Part 15 device. Back on March 5th, the FCC Spectrum Enforcement Division sent Hobby Lobby International a letter of inquiry asking if the Tennessee company was marketing an unauthorised radio frequency device through its website. The company responded by telling the FCC that they began selling the Pilot View FPV 2400 video transmitter in May of 2008 and so far had sold 109 units of the device in the United States. Hobby Lobby also noted that the Australian manufacturer of the transmitter had represented to them that the device was FCC compliant. The company was told by the FCC that future violations of this sort could lead to monetary forfeitures of up to $16,000 for each violation, or for each day a violation continued. USA Broadcaster fined for aviation band interference. The FCC has affirmed a $4,000 fine issued against California-based player Del Sol Broadcasters, this after it determined that a broadcast translator at its transmit site was causing interference to three frequencies in the aviation band.
Bruce Tennant, K6PZW, from Amateur Radio Newsline, reports a complaint of interference regarding the aviation frequency of 122.875. This was identified as having the same audio as station KRCK on 97.7 MHz in Mecca, California. That's a station licensed to Playa del Sol. On March 13, 2008, an agent from the San Diego office travelled to the Indian Wells and was able to detect the audio of KRCK on three separate frequencies in the VHF aviation band. These were 109.5 MHz, 122.2 MHz and 136.1 MHz. The agent also determined that the three signals were emanating from the KRCK studio. Player Del Sol Broadcasting was given the customary 30 days to pay or to file an appeal. We continue international news. Marilyn, VK3, DMS, who was with us last, will rejoin us with a weird and wonderful. We cross to the USA and amateur radio newsline. Plus now, it's to the UK. Here's Jeremy Boot. The Amateur Radio Society of India has signed an MOU memorandum of, memorandum of Understanding with the Indian Red Cross Society, Bangalore, and an amateur radio station with the call sign for U2ZH. It will be inaugurated on the 12th of October by the Governor of Karnataka State. The station will be available as a club station in Bangalore for amateurs and will also serve as an emergency communication station. The station is, ex- is accessible round the clock and will also have emergency power. It has VHF and HF capability. Efforts being made to replicate this elsewhere in India. First off, I can report that both Jim Glaughlin, T6AF, and this reporter are fine following the suicide car bombing here in Kabul at 0830 local time on Saturday, August 15th. Sadly, that blast did kill at least seven people and injured nearly 100. In my case, I was at my hotel a few miles away when the explosion occurred. I'm a news correspondent by profession, and as you might guess, I did what any newsman would do in a situation like this. I quickly began filing news reports, in my case for the Voice of America. Jim, T6AF, lives a lot closer to the explosion than I do. He reports a couple of windows in his residence adjacent to the U.S. Embassy were blown out, but his shack is fine. Thankfully, he was not there at the time. Ironically, Jim and I held our first eyeball QSO less than 24 hours earlier. In fact, we met very close to the spot where the bomb went off. That was near the front gate of NATO's military headquarters in the Afghan capital. We believe we are the only two hams currently on the air from this war-torn nation. In Kabul, Afghanistan, I'm Steve Herman, T6AD, for the Amateur Radio Newsline. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline and the RSGB. The MP3s you can find on the web at the link on www.rsgb.org. I'm Jeremy Boots, G4NJH, and you're tuned to VK1WIA. Believe it or not, this story from our Weird and Wonderful file. This is Marilyn VK3DMS with Weird and Wonderful. A practical example of the emergency feature on the FT-60R. After testing the emergency feature on the FT-60R, an avid WIA reader has created the following for your enjoyment. Please enjoy. From the manual, use this feature if you are out on a walk and want a quick way of alerting a family member to a dangerous situation. 
The alarm sound may discourage an attacker and allow you to escape. Mr. Ham, it's a lovely day for a walk. Attacker, I'm going to attack you. Mr. Ham, right, wait right there, Mr. Attacker, while I unlock my FT60R keypad, place it in VFO mode, set the volume to maximum, and hold down the emergency key shortcut for two seconds. FT60R, blink, 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 beep, beep, beep. Mr. Ham, Aha! Now, Mr. Attacker, my blinking LCD display and DTMF keypad will blind you, while the beeping sound will disorientate you. Attacker. Oh, no! Mr. Ham. In 60 seconds, my FT60R will also send SOS to call sign via CW on the UHF calling frequency, and any amateur radio operator within a half a mile who both knows the frequency of and is monitoring the UHF calling frequency will hear beep-beep on his radio too. He will then return home and either retrieve his UHF direction-finding go-kit or improvise some from the ARRL handbook. When he returns and locates my position, he will then call the authorities and inform them of my situation. Attacker. I am discouraged. Thanks, Nick. Tongue-in-cheek. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Illawarra and south coast of New South Wales, it can be heard on Sunday mornings at 10am via the coast-linked VHF repeaters of the Illawarra Amateur Radio Society on 146850, 146.975 and 146.675. Prefer our website www.iars.org.au for information about the club and our meetings. I'm Tony Stone, VK2TS, President of the Amateur Radio Society. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1WIA. Operational News, on air contest column, dateline 2009. August 29 and 30, on now, the Alara Contest. September 19, Westlakes Cup. October 3 and 4, Oceania Contest SSB. October 10 and 11, Oceania Contest CW. October 24 and 25, CQ Worldwide SSB. November 28 and 29, VK Spring VHF UHF Field Day. November 28 and 29, CQ Worldwide CW. Peter Harding, VK4OD, the RD contest manager, says RD logs are coming in fast, but many operators have selected the wrong operating category. They have selected the open category, when in fact they have only operated in the voice mode. And other instances, they've selected phone, when all their contacts they made were in CW. Little mistakes like this could very well cost them a winning situation. Another common misuse of the computer logging programs is that they've generated their log in a .text file format instead of the .csv format. In order to check the logs, I need to print out all the electronic logs. And let's say they are in uh, .text format and that someone has uh, generated three to 400 contacts this can run into 20 or so pages, whereas in .csv format, we are down to about 6 or 7 pages, thus saving costly paper and inks. This is something to bear in mind for the future. 
To those that have not yet logged their logs, please remember you only have to last mail Monday the 15th of September for them to reach me. And please send your electronic logs to rdlogs at wia.org.au. From the WIA RD contest to the WIA field day. The Spring Field Day, VHF UHF VK, will be held on November 28 and 29, later in the month and in past years. An ideal time to spend a balmy weekend on a hilltop. We are told more details are on the WIA contest page. Westlakes Cup on September 19 is another Westlakes Amateur Radio Club contest. Two sections open for standard and advanced call and F call for foundation class. Full details can be found on Westlakes homepage www.westlakesarc.org.au Special event calls Beacon, DX and Net Advice and we see VI2 SRC 50, Summerland Club's 50th Anniversary VK2 and it's on its second last day. The special event call finishes Monday. Now to Canberra and Peter Ellis who says sunspots might completely vanish by the year 2015. That's just six years away. Are sunspots normal this cycle? This week, my eye caught some reporting by two scientists from the U.S. National Solar Observatory, William Livingston and Matthew Penn, whose paper in the Journal of the American Geophysical Union asks and answers the question, are sunspots different during this solar minimum? Quoting their paper, Something is unusual about the current sunspot cycle. The current minimum has been unusually long and with more than 670 days without sunspots through June 2009, the number of spotless days has not been equaled since 1933. The solar wind is reported to be in a uniquely low energy state since space measurements began nearly 40 years ago. They ask, why is a lack of sunspot activity interesting? then mention the Maunder Minimum, a period of 70 years from 1645 to 1715 when the sun entered a period of low activity that could explain the low temperatures recorded in Europe during the Little Ice Age. They're using a telescope at Kitt Peak in Arizona and they say the observations showed that the magnetic strength in sunspots was decreasing with time independent of the sunspot cycle. A simple linear extrapolation of these data suggests that sunspots might completely vanish by 2015. Finally in operational news this week, some good news for 40 metre operators with Chinese authorities having made frequency adjustments midway during AO9, affecting all transmissions which were previously operating in the new exclusive worldwide amateur radio service band 7100 to 7200 kHz. These regional services are affected. Broadcasts on 7125 and 7170 have been moved to 7255 and 7450. 7255 replacing 7125. Tibetan 7450 replacing 7170. Broadcasts on 7120, 7155 and 7195 have been moved to 11975, 7230 and 7205. 11975 replacing 7120, 7230 replacing 7155, 7205 replacing 7195. 4,500 Thai radio stations register to go legal. More than 4,500 community radio stations in Thailand have registered under a National Telecommunications Commission scheme to become legal broadcasters. About 95% of the country's community radio stations signed up for the 300-day trial licence.
Stations which did not register by last Monday's deadline but continued to operate are now considered illegal. It is interesting to note that while the Thai Radio Commission could not shut down stations that failed to register, it could take action against them for illegal broadcasting. The NTC could file complaints with the police against stations which operate without a licence and charge them for the unlicensed use of transmitters and radio frequencies. Community stations which have registered under the scheme can broadcast for 300 days, but their program content must not incite political unrest and violence, offend the monarchy or disrupt social morals. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Shepparton and Northeastern districts, it can be heard at 7.30pm Sundays on 146650 2-meter repeater VK3RGV. I'm Neil, VK3KAL. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's digital, Chirp D-Star programming software. Radio amateurs have developed an extensive range of open source and freeware radio communication software. One example of this is Chirp, a Windows, Linux, Mac OS X based program that can program ICOM D-Star radios. Chirp is a cross-platform, cross-radio programming tool. Chirp also supports limited operation with the ICOM IDRP, D-Star DV and DD repeaters. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. YouTube SO50 Amateur Radio Satellite Contact. A video on YouTube shows an amateur radio satellite SO50 contact between VK5MJ in Perth, Western Australia and VK2ZAZ in New South Wales at the Wyong Field Day 2009. Jeff VK2ZAZ is using handheld FM equipment. AMSAT North America has received approval from the Air Force Space Command to continue redistribution of Keplerian Elements data sourced from the SpaceTrack website. This means that the AMSAT Keplerian Elements in verbose format and the two-line format can freely be distributed by those who receive them from AMSAT. The agreement covers the period of April 1, 2009 to April 1, 2010. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Police, ZS9WRR, is on the air. The Savannah's Community Police Forum and MCOM Amateur Radio Wing, ZS9WRR, are now active and on the air. South Africa's first Community Police Forum-oriented MCOM Amateur Radio Station, which is directly linked to a partner in the South African Police Services, the first line of safety and security in South Africa became active as a group under the official name of Savamis Community Police Forum MCOM Amateur Radio Wing. South African radio amateurs can now go on record as radio reserve stations. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, the Murray Marathon, yes, it's on, Mini Marathon, 17th of October, and the Major Marathon, the 27th of December. The event will now be known as the Vic Super Murray Marathon. Now, if you're in the area and you'd like to help out on the comm side, then register to be part of the Weissen team for the Mini Marathon. Simply call Gerard, VK3GER. And for the Vic Super Murray Marathon, call or email Graham, VK3KMG. Andhra Pradesh, Red Cross installs amateur radio. 
It's reported that the Andhra Pradesh Red Cross State Branch has installed amateur radio equipment. VU3 NYD reports that the Andhra Pradesh Red Cross Society has established a disaster management centre at its headquarters office in Hyderabad, with the support of the American Red Cross and amateur radio equipment has been installed. Universal Ham Radio Text Messaging Initiative The September QST magazine is a special emergency communications issue and it features an article by Bob Baringa, WB4APR, on the Universal Ham Radio Text Messaging Initiative. The article seeks to introduce a broad new amateur radio initiative to find ways to seamlessly connect many of the dozens of existing amateur radio text messaging capabilities together. Well done. Okay, well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Sydney. And reporting from Brisbane, I'm Graham VK4BB. This has been the WIA National News. On the social scene, just before we go, VK4 is where it's all happening this month. VK4, September 12, is the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club Sunfest at the Wombai School of Arts, Blackhall Street, Wombai. September 18 to 20... North Queensland Amateur Radio Convention, James Cook University, the Douglas Campus. And September 25 to 27, the Central Highland Amateur Radio Club's annual general meeting at Camp Fairburn, that's near Emerald. And over in VK5, the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest, 9.30am, Goodwood Community Centre, Rosa Street, Goodwood. So now, from Goodwood, it's a good morning or a good evening to each and every one of you. I'm Graham VK4BB. See you next week. Till then. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.